Chapter nine of the Rebel of the School by Mrs. L. T. Mead. This little fox recording is in the public domain. Chapter nine Conscience and Difficulties All the people who knew her were beginning to make a fuss over Ruth Craven. She, who had hardly ever been noticed during the early part of her life, who was just her grandfather's darling and her mother's idol, was now petted and made much of and fussed over by everyone. It was quite an extraordinary thing for the paying girls of the Great Shirley School to be so interested and excited about a foundationer. Cassandra Weldon was not the only girl who had taken Ruth up. Some of the best and nicest girls of the school began to patronise her. The fact was that she was very modest and a perfect lady, and it was impossible to feel anything but good will towards her. The rest of the foundation girls at first determined that they would leave her with her fine friends, but when Kathleen insisted on Ruth's joining the secret society of the wild Irish girls, they were obliged to submit. We'd do anything in the world for our queen, said Susie Hopkins, talking to another foundation girl one day as they strolled along the road. It is tonight we are to meet again, and she says she will bring the rules all drawn up, and she will read them to us. There are about thirty of us now, and more and more offer to join every day. The difficulty is that we have got to keep the thing from the knowledge of the teachers and the paying girls of the school. Kathleen is certain that it would be suppressed if it were known, and it must not be known, for it is the biggest lark and the greatest fun we ever had in our all our lives. Yes, said Rosie Myers, I feel now quite honoured at being a foundation girl. She does promise us wonderful things, said Kate Rourke. She says when the summer comes we shall have all sorts of nice excursions. Of course, we can't do anything special in the daytime, unless sometimes on Saturday, when we have a whole holiday. But at least, she says, the nights are our own, and we can do as we like. It really is grand. I suppose it's wicked, but then that makes it rather more fascinating. We are in the Queen's cabinet. Bless her, the duck, said Susie Hopkins. There are a dozen of us now, and there is talk of a sort of livery or badge for the members of the cabinet. But we'll know all about it when we meet sharp at nine tonight. We are the twelve members of the cabinet, and there are about twenty girls who are our sort of standing army. It is really most exciting. The girls talked a little longer and then parted. As Susie Hopkins was running home helter-skelter, for she wanted to get her lessons done in order to be fully in time for the meeting that evening, she met Ruth Craven. Ruth was walking slowly by with her usual demure and sweet expression. Hello, called out Susie. We'll meet tonight, shan't we? I don't know, said Ruth. Aren't you coming? Why, you are sort of Prime Minister to the Queen. You don't think it right, really, do you? said Ruth. Not from the bottom of your heart, I mean. Right or wrong, I mean to enjoy myself, 
said susy hopkins i suppose if you come to analyse it it is wrong and not right but dear me ruth what fun should we poor girls have if we were too particular on these points it always seems to me that it is worth while to do right said ruth so you say but i don't quite agree with you you will come to-night in any case won't you yes i will come to-night but i am not happy about it and i wish kathleen oh i know it is very fascinating and kathleen is just delightful but i should not like our teachers to know of course not said susie staring at her they'd soon put a stop to it are you certain i know so little about the school certain i'm convinced why they'd be furious i'd expect we'd be expelled then that proves it i didn't know there was any strict rule about it why what are you made of ruth craven i thought said ruth that when we were not in school we were our own mistresses to a certain extent of course but we have what is called the school character to keep up we have as it were to uphold the spirit of the school now the spirit of the school is quite against secrecy in any form oh dear why will you drag all this out of me i made up my mind not to think of it and now you have forced me to say it of course you will come to-night you have to think of kathleen as well as the school and she's gone to a fearful lot of expense you could not by any possibility forsake her could you no of course not said ruth very slowly she bade susie good-bye and walked on her attitude was that of one who was thinking hard ruth is very pretty said susie to herself but i don't know that i quite admire her she is the sort of girl that everybody loves and i'm not one to admire a universal favourite she is frightfully tiresomely good and she's just too pretty she's not a bit vain and she's not a bit puffed up oh she is just right in every way and yet i feel i hate her she has got the sort of conscience that will worry our queen to distraction still once she joins she'll have to obey our rules and i expect our queen will make them somewhat stringent a clock from the neighbouring church struck the half-hour susie looked up uttered an exclamation put her wings to feet and ran the rest of the way home susie's home was in the high street of the little town of merrifield her mother kept a fairly flourishing stationer's shop in one part of which was a post office some ladies were buying stamps as susie dashed through the shop on her way to the family rooms at the back mrs hopkins was selling stationery to a couple of boys she looked up as her daughter entered susie went into the parlour where tea was laid on the table it consisted of a stale loaf some indifferent butter and a little jam the tea in a pewter teapot was weak the milk was sky-blue and the jug that held it was cracked susie poured out a cup of tea drank it off at a gulp snatched a piece of bread and butter from the plate and sat down to prepare her lessons at another table she had two hours hard work before her 
and it was nearly already six o'clock the quarry was a little distance away and she must tidy herself and do all sorts of things just then her mother came in oh susie she said i am so glad you have come i want you to attend to the shop for the next hour i am sent for in a hurry to my sister's she has a bad cold and wants me to call in i think little peter is not well your aunt is afraid he is catching measles run into the shop the moment you have finished your tea like a good child you can take one of your lesson books with you if you like there won't be many customers at this hour oh mother i did really want to work hard at my lessons they are very difficult you know and you promised that when i went to the great shirley school you'd never interfere with my lesson hours i did say so and of course i don't mean to interfere but this is a special case can't tommy go and stand in the shop if any special customers come in i will attend to them no tommy can't he has a headache and is lying down upstairs you must oblige me this time susie you can sit up a little longer to-night to finish your lessons if you are much interrupted while i am away you are sure you will not be more than an hour mother oh certain and i suppose in any case i may shut up the shop at seven o'clock mayn't i shut up the shop at seven o'clock said mrs hopkins you forget that this is wednesday we always keep the shop except the post office part open until past nine on wednesdays such a lot of people come in for odds and ends on a special night but i will be back long before nine don't on any account shut the shop up until i appear susy feeling cross and miserable all her bright hopes dashed to the ground took a couple of books and went into the shop and sat behind the counter the days were getting short and cold and as the shop door was opened there was a thorough draught where she was sitting her feet grew icy cold she could scarcely follow the meaning of her somewhat difficult lessons no customers appeared how stupid i am thought the little girl this will never do she roused herself and bending forward propped her book open before her presently she heard the clock outside strike seven mother will be back now thank goodness she thought if i work desperately hard and stop my ears so that i needn't hear a sound i may have done by nine o'clock just at that moment two ladies came in to ask for a special sort of stationery susy who was never in the least interested in the shop did not know where to find it she rummaged about making a great mess amongst her mother's neat stores and finally she was obliged to say that she did not know where it was never mind said one of the ladies kindly i will come in again next time i am passing it doesn't matter this evening susy felt vexed she knew her mother would blame her for sending the ladies away without completing a purchase and they had scarcely left before she found the box which contained the stationery she pushed it out of sight on the shelf and sat down again to her book her mother ought to be coming in now susy would have to do a lot of exercises these she could not by any possibility do in the shop she had also some mathematical work to get through or she would never be able to keep her place in class why didn't mrs hopkins return 
half an hour went by three quarters it was now a quarter to eight susy felt quite distracted with the exception of the two ladies there had been no customers in the shop up to the present the fact was they did not begin to appear until soon after eight on wednesday evenings then the schoolgirls and schoolboys and many other people of the poorer classes used to drop in for penithons and hapathons of stationery for pens for ink for sealing wax etc mother must be in soon i know what i will do said susy i will open the door of the parlour and sit there if any one appears i can dash out at once no sooner had the thought come to her than she resolved to act on it she turned on the gas in the parlour it was already brightly lighted in the shop and sat down to her work an hour and a quarter before the meeting of the wild irish girls she said to herself strange is it not that i should call myself a wild irish girl when i am a cockney through and through well whatever happens i shall be at the meeting End of chapter 9